Welcome everybody to the next episode of Chiefs Focus First and Ten. You are here with JP and Caleb. What's going on, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing okay, bro. Just trying to get through this week and, uh, you know, going through the uh, the process of everything and um, just happy to be on a show and get my mind focused on something else and moving forward, bro. I hear you, man. These are some of the best times of my week, so I always appreciate doing these with you. Oh, yeah, man. This is great. Um, been a kind of a trying week, and, as you know, and... Mm-hmm. This uh, always clears my mind a little bit. So, hey, I bet all the fans too, when they're dealing with stuff, they always listen to our show. Yeah, people all, all the time DMing us and letting us know, hey, great show, great show. Yeah. So we appreciate definitely. you guys. Definitely, man, definitely. So uh, we got the draft coming up in the next what twelve days, and got some. Everybody's wondering what we're doing, when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it. Mock drafts left and right, you know, which as we know. 99% of those get changed about 40 million times before the draft actually happens. Easily. Easily. So, I mean, you know, it's it's all speculation at this point, you know. But we have uh, we have some players that, you know, we put together. Caleb really went down and did a really good job of going over some players that could be some extremely potential superstars with our system. And that's what I want you guys to understand. When we go over this list, I don't really care what you may think of these people. You know, if you don't watch college football and you don't and you haven't seen any highlights, don't make any crazy comments. It's this is stuff that has been researched and we've watched what they can do. And and I've watched after he brought me the list, I watched their highlights. These guys can be absolute studs within our system. And it's all about what they can do within our realm of what we do so we're going to get into that part of it we're also going to talk a little justin houston situation because everybody's been asking me about justin houston we put out a tweet on or we actually retweeted something from one of our followers um that brought up you know four or five potential players that that are left right now and justin houston is one of them and of course i said there could be a reunion coming up soon, and there very well could be. Um, but at this point, there's no guarantee of anything. I'll just put that out there right now. There's no guarantee of anything. There might be a reunion. I know he wants to play. Somebody even actually sent me back. Houston absolutely hates Kansas City. Um, actually, his words were, he hates the Chiefs and the Chiefs organization. Only way he would come back is if they way overpaid him. And uh, that's and and, and that's even false. That, <laughs> and that's absolutely false. He doesn't hate the Chiefs. Casey uh, gave him his chance. Third round they, pick. He exactly. Had the one I think he had what twenty two and a half sacks. Played with Eric Berry, Derek Johnson. I mean, they he was a pinnacle of this team. I wasn't happy when he got cut by understood. But there's a possibility that he could come back this season, yeah. maybe. I mean, yeah. it's, it's possible. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. And I know he wants to retire. I, I'm sure he's going to retire a chief. And why not come back and finish out a season and get a ring? I mean, it would be asinine for him not to. So if he's going to come back and play, he's got his money already. He doesn't need any more than he's already got. He comes back on a, you know, a veteran league minimum deal gets a ring out of it 
and goes out in style, or even goes to the Super Bowl for that matter and goes out in style, hey, it is what it is. Oh, for you know, sure. We got somebody that can actually help produce, and I think he's got it in him to do that. Well, so. I think the system's completely different, and he's going to have probably have some new served energy that he didn't have when Sutton was here. Well, and that's the problem. Everybody thinks that it was just, you know, Houston just lost all of everything when he got paid, and it really wasn't that. It was he, he was frustrated with the system. He wasn't frustrated with the Chiefs organization. He wasn't frustrated with Andy Reid. He was frustrated with Sutton. I mean, just like every other defensive player that was on our team, and actually most of the offensive players, and probably the front office and, you know, 90% of the Chiefs fans, it was Sutton and the way he put that scheme together, or lack thereof a scheme. And that's really what caused our demise over the years. But that's all said and done. Houston knows what we've got, and he'll fit well in our system right now. I mean, he did it in, he did it in Indy, and he did very well there. So I, I think he could do it here. Um, with that being said, there's some other players out there that have been brought up numerous times. Um, one player being um, from the Ravens. You know who I'm talking about, Orlando Brown Jr. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, there was talks. You know, we've had the haters out on Twitter, left and right. Um, you know, they can't stand the fact that somebody with, without a check mark has information. But um, there was chatter weeks ago. There, were, in fact, I think I mentioned it six months ago that they were interested in him, but it never really came to fruition. But um, that can still be a possibility. I know it's a stretch, given the fact that it is an AFC rival. There has been talks, but that's the extent of it at this point. That's all I can am at liberty to say. Um, but there is a possibility of that happening. Is it a slim possibility? Yes, it is. But it's not. Don't rule it out because Beach has a way of making things happen if he really wants it to happen, and if he thinks the player is going to work out. As it stands right now, he's not the most wanted player in the league, and I can tell you this from everything that I've been told, they don't want him back right now. So the Ravens right now are trying to save money for their so-called star quarterback because he's got a contract coming up pretty soon. And they want to pay him, you know, they, well, they want to pay him. So it, it is what it is. It may not be a tremendous amount of money that he's being paid, but every little bit counts when it comes to paying your quarterback. And they're not going to give him a 10-year deal. They're definitely not going to give him a deal like they did Mahomes. I don't think anybody's going to get a deal like Mahomes got. Oh, Mahomes is a once-in-generational talent. He's going to be the only guy to get a deal like that. Maybe if Trevor Lawrence balls out, he may get a deal some of that. But really, I don't think we're going to see another 10-year deal for a while. No, no. And, and, and you really have to have... There's so many variables that go into having a contract of that magnitude. Not just a 10-year contract, but you also have to have a player that's committed to sticking around for 10 years that's really invested in the city, the community, the culture, wants to be here, doesn't want to play for anyone else. And that's something that Mahomes has already made very clear that that's what he wants to do. I don't see that with any other quarterback in this league that says, right now, this is exactly where I want to be. I don't want to go anywhere else. And I don't know of any other team that has a quarterback that they're willing to throw out 10 years on and say, even if they did want to stay, I don't know if they're willing to give them a 10-year deal. I just don't see that right now. Um, at least without some kind of a giant out, you know, at some point or another. 
for the team, not for the player, but for the team. Uh, but with that being said, there's, there's, you know, and for all you guys out there, I just want to put this out there right now that we keep hearing all this chatter about, you know, I've, I've had so many different messages about the Chiefs. You know, Mahomes is going to kill our, our, our cap and Veach is going to be the demise of the Chiefs. Bullshit. All this crap that they keep putting out. So it's some troll t- Twitter guy, you know, he was on both both the both pages, my personal and the the focus page, saying this crap. You know, he's going to be the demise of the team. That John Dorsey was the reason why he we have the players we have. Blah blah blah. Well, you know, where's where's Dorsey at right now? I he's mean, with the Lions, but he yeah. fell with the G, with the Browns, and like you said, he didn't last year, and he didn't exactly, and he didn't, and I don't even know what he's doing with the Lions, but it, it, I don't know if he's a GM or a scout or what he's doing. I mean, it's the Lions for Christ's sake, so it's not like he's doing much. But uh, regardless, he didn't last a year in, in Cleveland, and they got better when he left. So it's and just like us, we got better when he left. So there, there's a reason why he's no longer with either one of the better organizations in the team right or in the league right now. Um, and I'm going to say that right now because he is actually one of the better organ. You know, the Cleveland Browns have come up, and as much as I don't like Baker Mayfield, they have stepped up. Now they're going to be in cap hell real soon if somebody doesn't step in and figure out how to fix that problem. And like you have said in the past, and we already know they're trying to figure out how, a way of getting rid of OBJ. And um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that or not. I don't know how someone's going to, going to have to, to take them. I'm pretty sure. That's a huge a contract, team, bro. Yeah, but there's going to be a team that's going to take it. Especially they could get rid of him for like a, maybe a third round pick. It'll work out for them. So I mean, yeah, but they got to pay that contract. That's the difference. You know, you got to come up with that money. True. That's a, but they that's could also huge... have it to where they could split it with them. So I mean, anything yeah. is possible at that point. That's true. I just don't know if you know his production was not anywhere near what I would expect of a player that has been jocked as much as he has um, with the Browns anyway his production was not there and it's understandable I mean there wasn't much to go off of uh, within that organization over the last three years so you can't really I guess you can't really blame it all on him because he's in kind of a crappy system or was now maybe this new, you know, with their new coach and and you know they did turn it around. They made it to a playoff game. They won a playoff game. They, you know, of course they came up against us and lost. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be any, you know, they're going to be any worse next year. Um, maybe they'll come back and be in the playoffs again. Who knows? I think the Browns have a really good chance, especially since they sound clowny. That defensive line is going to look a lot better than what it was before. And I was going to get some. Rec- they're going to get some receiver help. And they're also going to have to get some linebacker help, too. But oh, the Browns definitely. are a team that's going to up and coming. Breaker Mayfield finally helped turn around. Granted, their schedule was a little easier. But, hey, he turned around and beat the Steelers. Gave yeah. him an absolute whooping on Sunday night yeah. on that game. Well, so. you know, and, I, you know, and I, I'll, I'll give him that. I mean, I, you know, we, we, we had our conversation about the Steelers and, and what a cupcake team that, you know, the schedule they had. And, again, what it, you know, we knew what was going to happen. We said it what week five week six what was going to happen come week 11 and exactly what happened happened we said that during the season on our on our week five or six episode we both said look wait until week 11 and see what happens and exactly what happened happened they fell apart and they continue to fall apart the rest of the season i have no clue why roethlisberger is coming back unless it's just ego or 
He doesn't want to go out like that because they got embarrassed and exposed. They really did. Exposed they really was did. what happened to them. They got exposed. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it was it was it was embarrassing. And I'm I'm not nowhere I'm nowhere near a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but that was embarrassing for to watch. Um, so I you know it, it's just one of those situations that you got to look at it and think, okay, do I think the Steelers are going to be anything next year? No, I do not. I think the Browns are going to be a better team in that in that realm. I think they're going to be a better team. Um, again, I think the Browns are probably going to be the team to beat in that division. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, the Browns are going to be the team to beat. They can only go up from here. They really can't go down. I think it's going to be, for a while, it's going to be the Browns versus the Ravens going at it for the championship. The Steelers are just too weak, in my opinion. And the Bengals, yes, they're up and coming. But they're going to need another year or two. Maybe Joe Burrow can turn that team around, which I think he has a really good chance to. They need to get him some receiving help. They get him some deep, and they need to also get him some offensive line help. The off, sorry, the draft this year is loaded with offensive linemen, so they can theoretically. And one guy I watched, who's a Bengals fan, he said they could easily get like a Jamar Chase, pair him up with Joe Burrow, and he get some linemen in the third round. I mean, yeah. it's very possible. Yeah. It's I agree. that rich. So I think they'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with Burrow coming back, I mean, that's going to be a huge impact on that team. I hope he can sustain and and have a good season And because they need it. I mean, they, they deserve to have – that team has had such a rough run of it for a long period of time. They deserve to have something. And for a while now, you know, since um, uh, his name slipped my mind, their head coach has been gone. Um, they've not been a contender in any aspect at all. So I don't know. We're going to just see what happens and, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, getting into some Chiefs stuff, um, what do you think of the Justin Houston talk? Um, I would like it to happen if we could. I would see like it if we could get Houston and Ingram. I mean, we really need a pass rush that can get to the quarterback, and that's something we were honestly lacking last year. Yeah. And, and that was very really. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We've been hurting for a pass rush for a while, and it's not, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like uh, anything secretive. We've, we know we've, we've been hurting for that. So it's something that we really need to address, and, you know, there's there's some holes that have to be filled. We've, we, I think Veach had, you know, a really good job or a really good free agency run. And I think he's probably got one more that he's going to sign um, between now and the next, you know, maybe it may even happen before the draft, but if it does happen before the draft, that's going to change what happens during the draft. Mm-hmm. So if that does, then that's, that's great. I mean, I hope he does make that move. Um, I've been kind of hearing little tidbits of things and I told you what I heard and yeah. uh, and I you know it sounds good to me I mean I'm, I'm happy with what I'm hearing but you know we just have to go from there and and and, and just hope for the best if it works out uh, for all you Chiefs fans out there that were upset about the the, the free agency I mean you know the, there's only so much you can do with what you have and Veach didn't really miss out on anything you know he may have dodged a few bullets but he didn't really miss out on anything. Now, we can go backwards and talk about Trent Williams. Nobody in their right mind would have ever given him six years and what was it, $160 million or whatever he got 
at 33 years old. That's insane. I'm sorry, but that's insane. It's not feasible for any team to do that other than San Francisco. And I'm sure there's some monster outs in that contract for San Francisco. Oh, there has anything. to be. There has yeah. to be. Yeah. So, and I'm sure he wasn't willing to take what we were offering, in which Veach went out. I mean, I told you, I told everybody that he was pinned to paper with him. I think I put it out that night that it was real close to a, a signing. And it was. I mean, by 12.45, we were going to sign his ass, you know, in the morning. And it just ended up going a different direction. You know, San Francisco swooped in right before that was done. That deal was done. And just threw in that extra, you know, that extra money and a little better guarantee. And he took it. So that just kind of gives you an idea that he was out for the money. He wanted to stick around with who he was with. And that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. It's... I kind of look at it as everything happens for a reason. And in my opinion, that was probably a good thing that it happened. I don't think it was a bad thing in any stretch of the imagination. Do I think that was a bad thing for cap reasons, for health reasons with Mahomes, for his own uh, Trent Williams reasons. I don't know if he could have lasted 16 games. I I just don't, I don't know if he could have done it at, at his age. I don't know if he could, you know, especially coming off the season he just had. So, and a lot of these guys, you got to remember, were, we didn't have the greatest picks in the positions that we were in need of this year in free agency. A lot of them were older guys off of injury riddled seasons that wanted huge contracts that most people weren't willing to give. And a lot, and there's a few of them that are still sitting there. And there's a reason why they're still sitting there because they want big contracts that they really can't get. So it's, 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 it's just kind of give, you know, I guess the one thing that I'm trying to get at is you got to give Veach a break when it comes to this because he just took us to two straight Super Bowls, almost three. So let this man do what he's done for the last three seasons, work his magic, and actually longer than that when you really think about it because I don't care what this fan with 12 followers thinks he knows. Um... Veach is the reason why we have the players that we have. Oh, Veach yeah. Is the reason why we For have sure. Mahomes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's the reason why we have all these guys. So, regardless of what these trolls want to say, it, it makes me no difference. Um, that just tells you that there's a lot of stimulus couch guys out there that think they're GMs. So, with that being said, um, Justin Houston, let's go back to him for a minute. Justin Houston wants to play another year. He's got the he's got it left in him to be able to play another year. I know uh, a little bit about that situation. I'm not going to go into it too much, but I do know a little bit about it. And there's been some talks. Um, he's not hated by the organization. The organ he doesn't hate the organization, so that needs to be squashed right now. There's no hatred on either side of it. It was a it's a business decision. And he knows that. He's not an idiot. He's not a child. He understands that. The organization understands that. He didn't, Clark Hunt, nor Brett Beach put him in the position he was in with that contract at the end of that deal. Simple as that. We could not afford to have him, Eric Berry, Daniel Sorensen, and everybody else that we had pay, we were going to pay um, that at the end of that season. There was just no way of doing that. And then be able to... We would have never gotten to a Super Bowl. 
So all you guys out there that think we would have, you're high. Because we wouldn't have the guys that we have right now that brought we us to We wouldn't be able to get Tyron Matthew mainly. Yeah, we wouldn't when have When they were Matthew. able to get, when they were able to basically cut Barry and Houston, that allowed them to have good money to get what, who we needed. Frank Clark yeah. and Tyron Matthew. And they were the pivotal reason why we won the Super Bowl. They both played lights out that yeah. season. And, and that played was pretty thing. good this season. You're right, and that's another thing that that fan brought up was, oh my God, he gave Frank Clark 120 million dollars. You know, th- that was real smart. You know, it, it 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 was actually. You know, if if Frank Clark had a little bit of help, which he had prior to coming to the Chiefs, he would have done just fine. But you can't expect him to do it by himself, and he didn't have any help. And also, he was injured. If you remember right, last year, not last year, but the year prior, he was injured the first eight games. He dealt with the stomach issue the other eight games, but he fought through every bit of it, and he played lights out, and we won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then last year, again, he still fought through the same issues with his stomach, but he was all alone out there for the most part. Nobody came down his side, but he was getting double and triple covered. Uh, well, triple and the other the issue, when you, when you look at Frank Clark when he's going out there, like you said, and we said this before, he is going against double team, triple team sometimes. And when that happens... You need your other players like Tunnel Passigno to get off the edge and sorry, get off the edge and go through and make room. But the one thing about Passigno, he signed with the Saints is because signed with the Saints, he was really good, but he could just never seem to help and get on the edge. It was just really, really weird, and I'm still confused why John Dorsey took him at num- in the second round when you had players like Alvin Kamara and Juju Smith-Schuster there. It's very puzzling to me still looking at that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's always there's a reason behind, like I said, there's a reason behind everything, and some of these players are just not really, I guess, how do I word this? Some players can't fit within our scheme. Some players can't fit within any, with a lot of team schemes. Uh, some players are TikTok. I mean, they're setting themselves up for whatever they're going to do for life after football. And I guess whether it be TikTok or doing videos or whatever. I mean, look what Kurt Warner's doing right now. QB Confidential. I mean, all these guys are getting into the social media game because that's apparently what they want to do. They're bored. They've got money. They have nothing else to do, but they want to stick with the game in some capacity. So Kurt Warner and I still think he's kind of rallying for a um, a, a coaching position, but that's just my opinion. Um, but that, that's just part of it. So everybody has to realize that these coaches are coaches for a reason. GMs are GMs for a reason. Owners are owners for a reason. And owners need to realize that they're owners for a reason because they have money. Not all of them know football. They may not have the money to buy a football team, but they're not all, you know, football savvy. So it's just part of the culture of this whole thing. You know, the NFL is the NFL. And the one thing that I will agree with, I saw something the other day, and I was going to tell you about this. I was listening, I was watching a deal on Al Davis and and how things came up with, you know, the old uh, commissioner of football. Mm-hmm. And Pete Rozelle. Pete Rozelle and um, the one thing that uh, his son said, I can't think of his first name right now. Um, Mark Davis, you know, he said when he tried to move into 
to Las Vegas, he got his ass handed to him. He basically got his ass handed to him by other teams, by the commissioner, by everybody. They chewed him up, they spit him out, and then the two people that came to help him was Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones to help him move into Las Vegas. So the, the you know the hands that are the, the 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 mouths that are ripping you apart are also sometimes the mouths that feed you, and it may work out for him here. It may not. I don't know. I mean, nobody knows this. Nobody knows how long it's going to be that they're here. I mean, right now I can tell you from a personal standpoint, I can see a downhill spiral within the city. Now that may be. We don't know how the the revenue is going to help as far as anything else is concerned and that's all you know most of the time cities look at and states look at but they have to weigh the balance of what it's doing to the rest of the city it's not just a matter of great it's bringing in revenue for this portion but what is it doing to everyone else that lives here and it's not good that I can tell you it is not good and that's the one thing that I don't think they really thought about when they decided to make that move was what it was going to do. Because this is a very small city. As much as people think this is this giant, huge place, it's we got three million less people than Kansas City does. So you're bringing in an element of people that, and I, I don't care who likes it or doesn't like it, for the most part are destructive. They're crime-ridden. They do things that you wouldn't expect. And we've watched it, and the people that have lived here, I've been here eight years, and the people that have lived here have watched this crime rate jump by about 50% since they've announced that they were moving here. And it's, it's getting worse daily. Dude, we're hearing about two to three murders every single day, minimum. Minimum. Standoffs. People going nuts. I mean, it's crime is outrageous here now. When I first moved here eight years ago, you heard about it, the crime rate was less here than it was in Kansas City, which you would think it would be more given the fact that this is a tourist city, all the casinos, all the money that rolls through this city. You would think that it would have been a hell of a lot more than it is than Kansas City would have been, but it's not. It, it, it wasn't at the time, and now it's way worse than Kansas City ever thought about being. So everything is a balancing act. The NFL is no different. Players are no different. Teams are no different. Ownership's no different. It's all a balancing act. So everybody has to take that into consideration when they're spouting off stupid shit on Twitter about a player or about whatever the case, you know, whatever it is that they think they know that they don't know. Because if they knew it, they'd be in that in those players or those coaches or those GMs positions. They wouldn't be on the couch or they wouldn't be driving a forklift or they wouldn't be working at Price Chopper or anywhere else for that matter at 45 years old. They'd be doing their job as a GM or an assistant coach or a head coach or whatever the case may be. If I knew everything, I'd be a head coach. I don't know shit. I know what I'm told. And the little bit of stuff that I've learned over the 30 years I've been around football, up close and personal. But I don't know anything. I'm just, I, I, I go by what I see and what I'm told and, and I study a lot. That's all I have. That's it. So, I don't, I don't know why everybody seems to tend to roll towards that narrative that everybody is just stupid. Well, they're not in that position because they're stupid. Players aren't in a position because they suck. 
you know, when Tyron Matthew brought up about Hall of Fame players, you know, and I know why he brought up what he brought up. If you did, you see, I'm sure you saw the tweet where he had said, you know, guys are on, want to make, uh, want to be YouTubers, and he's, and and they want followers. He wants Hall of Fame votes. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and and Tyron is right, dedicated. He deserves he, to be in the Hall. I he think does so. deserve it. I 100% agree. And I got called. You know, I'm sure you probably saw it. I got called. Uh, Let's see, what was it? Um, a fanboy and everything else. It has nothing to do with that. The he's guy is good. He's good. top in the league for a reason. He's when you look league. at it, Tyron Matthew yeah. has helped the Chiefs defensively like we've never seen it before. He helped turn that team around. He did. First year, and we won a Super Bowl. Second yeah. year, went back to Super Bowl and didn't win it. But that yeah. just shows you how much he, a leader, has helped that team. He has Bear, Eric Berry s qualities to him. He, he is the general on the field. He yeah. reminds me a lot of what EV did because Tyron Matthew held hold held sorry Tyron Matthew has held his teammates accountable. He has fired up fired them up when they need to be. When you look at Tyron Matthew, he's always out there playing hard. He's talking trash. He's getting hits and he's backing up his play. He really has a bad game. And if he does have a bad game, he makes sure to come up and show out. When you look at the playoffs and everyone's and he admits it. Focus. That's the difference. He admits mm-hmm. it too, dude. He actually oh, admits yeah. the fact that he has a bad game. And that's something a lot of guys don't do. They'll blame it on somebody else, but he'll come out and say, hey, you know what? I just played like absolute shit. Not too many guys will come out and do that, dude. Well, and that's the one thing looking back at the regime, regime change. Early Andy Reid and those teams, like some players would literally would not say anything when they had a bad game. These players come out and own up to it. And that's something I thought I would never see because if you look at the Colts when the Chiefs played them in the, what, 2013 AC Championship game, I think the guy was named as Brandon Flemings. Yeah. And he did not even talk to the media or anything. Like, they held him in the back room. I was, from what I saw on Twitter, I don't know how much that is true. But stuff like that, it's like there was no accountability but when you move on to now, six, six, seven, eight years later, the Chiefs are just a completely different team, and yeah. they're here to stay. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, this guy—I don't know who he is. His name is Jason Smith. I—I I come to realize after the fact when I looked at his bio, he joined basically uh, about three weeks ago on Twitter. And looking at his Twitter page, he's a burner account for probably one of the trolls that troll our page. And like to run their mouths, but probably just all I, Chiefs fans in general. Yeah, I mean, it, and I and when I called him out, I said, "Well, you're a burner account." And then as soon as I called him out, he shut up and he never said anything else. But that's the kind of stuff that you get, you know. I mean, I've been accused of not having any contacts, you know. My I've never had a thing right. I've you know all these things that I've ever you know all my all the stuff that I've ever said that we were doing was wrong. I mean, I've been accused of everything by stupid people, and and that's okay. I don't care. You know, you can accuse me of anything you want to accuse me of. The people that have followed me for the last, what, seven years or however long it's been, they know what I've, I've, I've done and how many people that I've gotten right. And even if they didn't sign, they were at least there. It, it just is what it is. It may not have worked out, but they were trying. So it wasn't just, oh, we're talking to these players just to throw shit at the wall. Because we were talking to those players. So it, we get that kind of stuff. That just is part of the game. It's part of what we do. I put it out there for you guys. Chiefs Focus puts it out there for you guys so you have some information that's actually legitimate and not from some 
stroke off the street that just wants to have some kind of a following. I don't give a shit if I got three followers or if I got 33,000 followers. I want the brand to have followers, but my personal account, it doesn't matter to me. I want the brand to have followers because that's the true content. That's where everything comes in. That's where all of the good stuff that you guys love, the 22,800 people that follow us, that's where it comes in at. That's where everything matters. And that's just how I look at it. The rest of this stuff, say what you want. But we do have, right now, we have a very unique opportunity to make an extremely good splash in the draft. Huge splash in the draft. And we also have an opportunity to sign a couple more players that are sitting out there waiting to be signed that can help our team win. And that's what we need. We got what? Maybe three or four holes that we got to fill at the most. And that's really about it. Left guard, in my opinion, is, you know, or left tackle, I guess, left guard, whatever you want to call it, is good. probably, you know, top priority right now, I think is going to be, you know, into, depending on how they decide to move things around and, and do some different things. But I know, I do know that Veach has somebody in the draft that he thinks can come out and be a starter right now. And that's 100% verified. So, you know, if he doesn't bring somebody in out of free agency that are sitting right now or does a trade, I don't care. Because I put trust in that man to do what he knows. He's done it. Dude, he's brought in people for the last six years in our team that have become superstars. Seven years. So I'm not real concerned whether whether when he was in a scout or as a GM, he's brought in superstars for our team. He's the guy that went out and found all these people. And he pulled them out of the draft. He's had... A couple of misses, maybe two, and that's nothing compared to other GMs. Look how many misses Dorsey had. I mean, look how many misses every GM had. Dorsey every single year, if they had seven picks, four, three or four of them would be bust. Exactly. Every year. Every year. And and have you seen, I mean, Veach has had maybe two misses in the three years he's been GM. So... Well, actually, and, yeah, there's only been two. Breland Speaks and Tremont Smith. That's still pretty. Well, and then technically, that one offensive line, Mc, Khalil McKenzie. Yeah, that's I only that three. And technically, you can say Breland Speaks wasn't a miss. It's just no. there was really no room for him on the team. Yeah, so, he wasn't really a miss. He I mean, you could say three, three at the most, two at the lowest. Yeah. I mean, it's really not that bad compared to what we've seen some other teams go through yearly. Exactly. So. We're in, we're in a really unique position right now. I think we're going to be, um, I think everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised with what goes on um, over the next, really all the way through August. I mean, things are going to be, you know, we're going to be making some moves and, and splashes are going to be made. And and I'm sure everybody's going to complain with whoever he picks up out of the draft. They're going to say that's not who they wanted. Well, nobody cares. Um, who you want. you want is what's for the team. Team first, exactly. team second, team last. Exactly. So you can bitch and complain and whine and cry and you know kick your cat and throw your remote and do all the stuff that you do, but it's not going to change the fact of what Veach does, and it's not going to change the fact of what anybody else does for that matter. So, uh, with that being said, let's go over your your uh, the the uh, all the Chiefs Focus All Twenty One you put together, bro, because that okay. was it's great. Well, thank you, uh, guys. Just. Letting you know, this list is not finalized yet. JP and I are still going through it. But I'm going to just give you a few names of some players that I've seen that I think the Chiefs could get. Uh, so first person, 
Defense alignment out of Miami, the U University, Jalen Phillips. This guy right here used to, he was a five-star recruit, I think, out of Colorado. He went to UCLA. He had three concussions, and because he had three concussions, he had to medically retire. He took a year off, and then he was able to come back and then go to the University of Miami and play. During this last season, the COVID NFL season, he balled out as a defensive lineman. He is some someone we can have on the edge that's going to create havoc, and he's going to help Chris Jones, Frank Clark, um, Jaron Reed, I mean, just create havoc on the line. That's one guy I really think that you should go after, Jalen uh, Phillips. The second guy is, and JP knows him because JP's up there in age. I'm joking with you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but this man is Asante Samuel Jr., yeah, I know everyone remembers Asante Samuel used to play on yeah. the Patriots back in the day. And JP knows him because JP has seen a lot of Chiefs sweep football, and he does not like the Patriots, and he saw them cheat, the Patriots cheat all the way through. But yeah. one thing JP would say is that he likes Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, he plays do. just like his father. He's a ball hawk. He can Looks tackle. like his father, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you're not wrong. Yeah. And he's just one great player. I really think he could come in if the Chiefs won another cornerback. He would be the guy we could get have come in and help. And that's great. You know, it's great, too, that you brought him up because, really, we've been kind of riding with four CBs for the last, what, three years? And mm -hmm. we could really use – I mean, a lot of teams usually roll with five to six, and we've been rolling with four, and you've seen, you know, God forbid, a couple, two of them get hurt in, in a season. Yeah. So I think that's a – he would be fantastic, fantastic in our system. God. And then uh, one thing I just want to say is going to probably best at five cornerbacks because I don't remember what – I think it was the year the Chiefs went before they won the Super Bowl. But a lot of our cornerbacks was injured, and Marcus Kent was our emergency safety going into yeah. week five. Yeah. That's saying something. So I think the Chiefs really need to get some more cornerbacks that can help. So, I agree. I agree 100%. No, I agree, man. You're not wrong at all. The next person – is someone I really think who could be alongside Willie Gay Jr. and tear up the field. Jabril Cox out of LSU. Oh, yeah. He's a Kansas City native, went to Raytown South High School, yep. went to North Dakota State, an FCS powerhouse, dominated at the linebacker position for three years, went to LSU for this past season, balled out, and is now in the draft. If he falls to the Chiefs, they need to take him. He's yeah. an athlete that is unmatched. He, he can is. seriously, seriously, he could be the guy that possibly could take over Dirty Dan's spot, but he can mainly play linebacker too. He's a hybrid. Spags loves hybrid players. He we does. have Storno Dan on the team. We and we have actually we really don't really have any other hybrid linebackers. And when you look at it, I have a feeling once Hitchens kind of makes his way off the team if that's what's going to happen in the future. I really think that Spags is going to be looking for those fast linebackers such as Dorn or Daniel. And if he gets someone like Drew Cox in there, we're going to have one of the hardest linebacker crews in the league. Oh, 100%. And this kid has got everything it takes to to just be an absolute superstar on in the NFL, right? I mean, honestly, give him a year and see that I want to say something while we're going through this list so for all you fans that so you understand these guys are not 
this is the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, this is not something that we're trying to say we need these guys right now to start right now. This is not this is not what we're saying. What we're saying is this is also the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. This is not just the now. Yes, a lot of these guys, especially like Cox, I believe he could start year one. But and I, I actually 100% believe he could start year one. But you also have to look at it from a standpoint that eventually we are going to have to have guys that can step in like Cox and be able to just take over the role in a smooth transition. And that's why you go after guys like him. And also a lot of these guys, some of these guys on our list going forward, some of these guys you may never heard of, which a lot of you guys I'm sure you haven't if you don't watch college ball. If you haven't, before you make any comments, please uh, go out look at their highlights because they are beasts. They're animals. And they may come from obscure, some of these, no, nah, he didn't, of course, but some of these guys come from obscure schools. You may never well, even heard of the school. I not say obscure schools. It's just everyone's focused on the Power Five. That's what you I'm saying. You have ballers yeah. in D2. Yeah. You have ballers in the FCS. You have ballers in these smaller conferences exactly. that end up making the Hall of Fame. Exactly. It's just not the Power Five schools all the time. Sometimes those point. players don't even work out. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that was my point. So, go ahead, man. I just want to get that out. No, there, you're so good, bro. No, no, I'm glad you said this. something because yeah. there's going to be a couple players on the list. People are like, really? But, yeah, we'll get to that. Yep. The next player, and I'm not saying them all, but the next person on this list is a wide receiver. Amon <laughs> Ra St. Brown oh, yeah. out of USC. Yep. If anyone knows anything about the St. Brown family from California, Ooh. three brothers. Yep. I believe... And I saw a video of them a while ago, but I think they speak like several different languages and they're they football do. masters. Um, Amon Ra Say Brown is six foot, but he runs routes like nobody's business. Yeah, Tyreek Hill like route running. He is fast, and I really think he could help the Chiefs possibly in the slot. Yeah, his cuts and his route running are unbelievable. He, you're right. He is a lot like Tyreek in, in, in those mannerisms. Um, he's and he's elusive. He's fast. He could be a tremendous help down, you know, down the stretch for us for a long period of time. Uh, you're, I 100% agree with you. He'd be a great, and he, he does. He comes from a absolutely powerhouse football family. I mean, whew. so that that's a, a fantastic pick in my opinion. I would love to see him on our team. So, and and this goes back to also guys. When we talked about a couple of weeks ago that we needed eight and a half, nine million for the draft, maybe ten, this is why. These are the reasons why. Because you never know where these players are going to land. You just don't know. So go ahead. No, you're not wrong, man. You are not wrong. The next guy is running back out of Kansas University. Love this kid. Love this kid. Go ahead. He is really, really good. He's projected to be, I think, a sixth or seventh round pick or maybe even undrafted, but yeah. he's a speedster. Yep. He can cut. He can make the rooms out of the backfield. He can do anything possible. I really think he has the impact. He could possibly have the impact. Yep. If he doesn't get drafted in the later rounds and he's an undrafted free agent, the Chiefs should absolutely look into him because yep. he is really good. He uplifted Kansas. Yeah. For goodness sake. Kansas football has been terrible for the last couple of years. Yeah. And he's been able to ball out and do so many great things. Yeah. 100%. So, 
I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And another wide receiver, I haven't, haven't, haven't finalized this list, but one I was kind of looking at today that not many people have been talking about running back, Travis Etienne at Clemson University. He yeah. is also a prolific runner. He's able to run between the tackles. He's able to catch on the backfield. He's able to, able to do anything. That is important right now because if we can have someone like him in our offense and put him along with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and maybe oh, say Kuka Williams were, was there, if that's a possibility, dude, that off that our offensive sorry, our running back group is gonna be dominant. Oh yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. For you guys that didn't know who we were talking about, we were talking about Puka Williams. If you everybody complained about us bringing him up on the focus page. But and we had some trolls out there that ran their mouths because apparently they just don't like Kansas and maybe they're Mizzou fans, whatever. I don't care. That doesn't matter. Gonna... You want the Chiefs to be great, right? Exactly, exactly. The point is, is that he was. If you want to go back and look at Kansas highlight reel at any high, if you want to see a highlight reel for Kansas over the last couple of years, the only person you can look at is him because he's the only one that has any highlights that were worth the shit. Mm-hmm. And go back because there wasn't just one. He's uh, got many there is highlights. Multiple. He has yes. in a three year well, he, he technically only played two seasons. Two, yeah. But two he has seasons. balled out. Yep. Two seasons and balled out. And, you know, people don't realize he's thrown for a touchdown. He had a two hundred and fifty three yard game with I think two or three touchdowns. The kid's a beast. So don't don't because you're you're a you know, you're a Kansas hater or whatever the case may be, don't put the kid down because of that because he's coming to Kansas if if he comes to Kansas City He's playing for the Chiefs, okay? So we want our team to win, not because you don't like their school. Who gives a shit if you like their school? No one cares if you like their school or not. There's always other, you know, there's there, there's college teams out there that everybody hates, but as soon as a player comes to I'm sure there's a ton of people that hate LSU, but who do we have from LSU right now that's been dominant, dude? Who do we have from there right now that's been dominant? Tyron Matthew. Thank you. Dar- so, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. So let's just, you know, stop bitching about the college and think about the player. Because that's really what an adult does and what somebody that actually watches football does. Go ahead, man. No, you're not wrong, man. I agree with you. It just shows you got to be open mind to all these teams. Um, Let me see what else I should tell you guys before we reach this full list. All right, here's another guy I'm thinking about. <clears throat> His name is J.C. Horn. Quarterback oh, yeah. out of South Carolina. Yeah. He is really, really good at pressing the cornerback. I he he honestly he has first round potential. I think he's gonna go to a team like the Cowboys if possible. Yeah. But what I think is if the Chiefs if he somehow falls to the Chiefs, hey, we will not have to look for another cornerback for a while. He exactly. helps out that much i cannot wait to see what he can do yeah yeah i agree with you um he's got every everything that it takes to be a starting cornerback in this league right now so if he somehow we get lucky enough and he falls in our laps it'd be great to have him i'm not gonna i wouldn't i would not complain a bit if he ended up in you know within our organization so um again it's just you got to look at these guys from a different standpoint. Look at their highlights and look at their reels and look what they do, and then go from there. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's definitely got what it takes to start right now. I mean, he just does. So, um, one person that I really liked, um, and everybody, you know, they can say what they want. I really, really like this TJ Vasher, wide receiver yes. out of Texas. That kid is going to be an absolute star wherever he ends up at. That kid's going to be a star, dude. Six I mean, six. Yeah, he doesn't six, have a lot of like six. frame, but six six. Um, they said he's had some off-field concerns. Um, I feel like the Chiefs would be able to help if there yeah. that, that was a case. Yeah. Just looking at this guy, he can make some ridiculous catches. He really so can. So if they're not seeing anything with Jordy Fortson, you need to go ahead and pick this kid up, TJ yeah. Vaster. I agree. I agree. I agree. Now, as far as Jody's concerned, I think we might see him. Um, I think we might see him a little bit this year. I just got this, you know, little bit of intuition going on, and I just got a weird feeling we might see him this year. I'm um, hoping. It's yeah, been a I while. Think it, well, I mean, you know, he can't develop forever, so I think it's about time to put him on the field and just let him do his thing because he's he proved himself in that. In those pre, in his first years, uh, his, his rookie season, preseason game, he balled out, and I think he could. I think he's he's done enough to prove himself, and I think he could he could do it. So I, I do believe this might be his year to to come on strong. So we'll see. No, what I happens. agree. I think he has a potential, and I think this should be the time. Yeah, I think it could could really help this team. I do too. So, you want me to do uh, one more? Yeah, man, do one more. Okay. What position do you want to hear? Let's see. Let's go for linebacker, bro. Linebacker, another linebacker. Oh, oh no. You know what? Let's go for no. defensive end. Let's do defensive, defensive end. end. Okay. Yeah. So right now, the defensive end that I have that I think the Chiefs should go after is Jason Owe yeah. out of Penn State. He's another dominant player. I think it could come off the edge and help yeah. uh, Frank Clark, and I think he's going to be able to bring some more intensity and the defense as a whole on the line will be able to smother the quarterback. Oh yeah. 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 I agree. hundred percent. Um, that kid, well, I keep calling him kid cause he is a kid to me, but, um, I think you're right. I think he's going to be just dominant and he will be able to smother a quarterback. He's got the strength, the agility. Um, he's already got like the arm movements to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And then some, he can just he pulls people out of the way like there's nobody's you know like nobody's business. I mean he's just he's got what it takes. So I think he's a really good prospect. And whoever ends up with him is gonna be um gonna be a happy guy. I'd love or a happy team. I'd love it to be us, but you know, again, it, it we can't take everybody. Um the one player that and I do want to bring one up that it, it's kind of a a different I guess perspective on a left tackle and I'm bringing him up for a reason, but, mm-hmm. uh, Devon, uh, Redunce, you know, who I'm talking about, out of North, North, yeah. Uh, he's out of North Dakota. Yes. Actually, I have him on the list. Yeah, you do. And that kid, I'm telling you, watch out for that kid. <laughs> when he, when he gets on the field, he's, he is a different person. He's got all the skills. Um, He's got the street. You know what I like? I think what I like about him the most is, is that he is absolutely, how should I say this? He's got all the strength in the world, but he doesn't have, and he can push anybody around and he can hold people to 
he can hold people in a position, or not hold, I should say, but keep them at bay with his strength and not weight. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think I like about him is he's not this, you know, 500 pound slob. He, and just, you know, pushing people around. He's got, he's, he's built well. Well, he's athletic. That's the one he's thing. Very he's athletic. Dakota State, where people really don't look at these guys. Exactly, and that's when I say again, obscure, you know, kind of school that no one ever pays attention to, but that's where we have shined and found those diamonds in the rough a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And 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 he's one of those guys that can actually really we can benefit from. I mean, we can definitely benefit from a guy like that. So. Uh, I, I just had to throw him out there because he's something that I think is is is, is a good a good option for us, I should say. So, and you got anybody else you want to go over? Um, let me see. I think we ought to do a tight end here, man. A tight end? Okay. Well, the only one that I saw, and he's number one on many draft boards, and the frustration with coming at this tight end position is. It's kind of been hard to find one the last couple of years. That's one thing I noticed. I don't know if JP's seen that too. But it's been kind of difficult oh, yeah. to find like a tight end you think that could come in and help Travis Kelsey. But the one I found is Pat Freima. Freima. Pat Freima from Penn State University. Oh, another Pat athletic tight end. Yeah, yeah Freima. Yeah, another athletic yeah. tight end. Reminds me of Kelsey in certain ways. I'd say yeah. put him behind Kelsey for a couple years if he falls. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the early second round, I really think. I early f- first, maybe. I'm thinking more like second round, most likely, yeah. coming from him, with him. I think so, too. I think he'll probably end up being like a mid-second rounder. But, you know, you're right. I mean, and I think part of the problem, too, is that everybody is, you know, everybody's trying to find another Travis Kelsey, and that's not going to happen. And it's very difficult to put another player on the field as a tight end, too, and expect the same production or even honestly close to the same production because there's very few tight ends in the league even to this day that have their production well nobody has the production Kelsey has as a tight end but that are even close to him and really the only ones that are close is is Kittle you got Kittle out there you've got um, Ertz which is kind of somewhere in that realm Um, Darren Waller which is another one that I mean, Darren Waller's Darren Waller. I just wish he didn't play for who he plays for. The Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders, of course. And then you've got George Kittle, which has been on the bench basically for his half of his, well, not more than half of his career. So, because he loves to hit people. And this is not the league that you, even as a tight end, yeah, you want to block. Longevity is the game. Longevity is the game in this, in this era of football. And if you want to be a Tony Gonzalez or an Antonio Gates, you go out there and you play like a big badass wide receiver, but you still block. Kelsey blocks, but he doesn't hurt himself. He doesn't put himself in a position to take his ass out of the game, and that or out of his out of his career. And that's how you play the game, get the stats, and still be a productive tight end. And it's extremely hard to find someone that is of Kelsey's stature. It's they're very few and far between. Kelsey is again one of those guys that every twenty years you're going to find one. And we just happened to get Kelsey. And I will hand that bit of draft pick to uh, to Dorsey. But um, And John Dorsey, I'm sure you're not listening. And I don't care if you are or not. I'll give you Kelsey. And, you know, 
I don't know if you picked. I mean, he, yeah, I guess he had a hand. No, did he have a hand in Jamal Charles? Uh, no, he no, wasn't. He, no, he, did, he wasn't, wasn't there. He came in. He wasn't there. Yeah, he came in thirteen. That's right. So you know, really, it's he, he had him, and I think maybe one or two other players, and that's about it. Um, he didn't have a big, and then you know, you also had Veach that was still there, and thir- you know, Veach came along with, you know, so you don't really have too much say in that. But Kelsey is just, it's hard to. I guess what I'm trying to say is everybody is putting the standard of a tight end two on Kelsey. And we're not going to be able to find that. You can't pay two tight ends Kelsey money to have two tight ends like Kelsey. So it, it's going to be difficult to be able to, to do something like that, in my opinion. So. No, I hear you. I agree, man. Is there anyone you want to hear from so far? I mean, is there any yeah. player you want to share that you, think, you think of? You know, I, I was I was thinking of some guys. I had some guys earlier, and let me go through my notes because I got to go back to them. Um, I gave you the names, and I don't know if you remember any of them or not. But um, uh, let me go back through here really quick and see if I can find these names. There was a wide receiver that I really liked, um, and this kid. If we, and I'm, I know I, I got a really strange feeling we're going to go after a wide receiver um, in the draft. In fact, I'm almost positive we are, but um, Seth Williams. Hmm. Seth Williams out of Auburn. Oh, yeah. He's got some speed. He has that some kid speed. Is <laughs> fast, dude. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, I watched a lot of his highlight reels, and oh, my God, man. He just. He hurdles over every CB and safety out there. He his footwork is absolutely amazing. He's he's tall. He's agile. I don't know, man. I mean, if we could somehow pick this kid up, I was watching one highlight, dude. He got he caught this ball. It was an extremely hard catch. Anyway, it was almost like a Tyreek catch. I'll give him that. And as he caught the ball, he was face masked. His head was spun at about a three sixty. His body spun around, got hit twice, and still ran about 65 yards downfield and scored a touchdown. And when he got in the end zone, he got hit, and he was thrown off of his feet. And it, it was almost kind of like a, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a gymnast move when he got hit. And somehow he was sideways and landed back on one foot and never hit the ground. I mean, the kids just got moves like none other. I, I, I really see him being... Whoever he ends up with, they are going to end up with one amazing wide receiver with that kid right there. So everybody watch him in the draft because he's going to be something. Um, that That's the one kid that I have my eye on, and I really like him. But I think he's going to go pretty high. I mean, he's going to go pretty quick in the draft. I mean, he's just, he just looks like to me. I mean, I think they got him projected somewhere around. He's going to uh, be like a day three pick. He's going to be like a he's going to be, gonna be like fourth, a fourth, he's be a fourth, fourth round. But six I got latest, I think. Yeah, but I got a weird feeling. I don't know why. I'm hoping, I'm praying that I'm wrong. But um, I'm hoping maybe some of these other guys are, are turning a blind eye to him. And and he does go later in the rounds, and then Beach picks him up. But uh, I got a weird feeling that somebody may see him that really is in need of some weapons, you know, and grabs him. That's what I got a weird feeling. If he, if, he, if he's... I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen. But if he goes later in the rounds like he's projected to go, I would love to see him end up in Kansas City because 
Mm-hmm. That kid's got some. He's got some moves like none other. So, uh, now, what else we got to go over, man? There was a few things we wanted to talk about on this show. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something because it's been a crazy week. Um, let's see, what was it? Um, oh, I wanted to give a shout out to Mike from the uh, Mike and You podcast. Uh, he lost his best friend, um, passed away this week. He's been friends with them since grade school, and I wanted to send my prayers out to him. Um, sorry for your loss, bro. I mean, you've been a good friend to me for a long time, and and a good friend to the show as well, and Caleb. And um, it sucks to lose somebody. Believe me, I know, and uh, it's just hard to go through. And I wanted to give a shout out to you, brother, because that's that's a hard thing to go through, especially you know. When it's your friend, you know, I mean, it's just somebody you grew up with that's your best friend, you know, you, it sucks, and I feel bad for you, bro, so if anything you need, please don't hesitate to call me at any point, because I'll be there for you in a second, so, and also, I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up, because um, for all you fans out there, I really appreciate all the well wishes and everything that you guys gave me, and I appreciate everything Caleb did, he was a huge help for me during this week. Um, as most of you guys know, I lost my father-in-law last Sunday. Um, weirdly enough, we kind of found out, we didn't know for sure if it was the cancer or not that got him, but, um, it was kind of sudden for us. Uh, we didn't expect it to happen. And as a matter of fact, he had, was feeling really good and Caleb knows this and I'll say it while we're on the show. Um, we had gotten a diagnosis in September that he probably had two or three months and then may not make it to basically Thanksgiving. And then when he went back in in November, they said he was a miracle and that his cancer was subsiding and he was feeling great. I mean, doing things that he hadn't done in a long time, very agile, Going, he went out and played golf, he did things that, I mean, this is a man that worked out every day of his life, never smoked rarely drank um played golf four or five days a week just a, a, a pillar of a human being and for this to take over his life for the last you know four years or three years it's been really tough on everybody but regardless i guess the point is is that this was sudden for us because to be honest he had called and said hey i'm gonna heat up the pool bring over your daughter we're gonna barbecue you're going to barbecue because he likes the way I barbecue. And he said, we're going to have a good old time. And that was on, I think that was Friday. And he was going to do that for Sunday. Saturday, he started having chest pains, went into the doctor or went to the hospital and passed away on Sunday. So it's been a very tough week and I really appreciate everybody's support that did support me on Twitter. Um, you guys are awesome. Caleb's been awesome through this whole deal and uh, don't know, you know, honestly he was there every day and, you know, I talked to him every day about it because he knows how close I was with my father-in-law and um, it's just been it was very nice to have all you guys there and I really appreciate it. So, um, I wanted to get that out there while I had the opportunity to be able to yeah, do that. No I had, problem, man. No problem. I had a, Trees keeps here for you. Yeah, man. I had a ton of DMs and um, a lot of well wishes, you know, on the public side as well. It was just great that, you know, to see the outpouring of support and 
and the true the true fans out there of Chiefs Focus and, and, and us, we, we really appreciate you guys and you, you showed yourselves and that, that means a lot. I'll tell you that. It means a whole lot. So um anyway, um but I did want to give Mike that shout out because that's a horrible thing to have to go through. It sucks. And it's you know, I know it it's very difficult to deal with. So um anyway so what do you think uh, who, do you have any players that, that are sitting on the couch right now maybe or maybe in trade talks that you'd like to see the Chiefs go after I still want them to get Allen Robinson but I don't think that's going to happen I really yeah. don't Yeah. we need a big body receiver I understand what they're trying to do um, I'm sad saying moved on but I felt like getting Allen Robinson could really stretch this offense more open stretch the field more but yeah. hey maybe they'll find someone in the draft i mean it's just they're in the position where they could but the chiefs want these really 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 good players that also want to be paid like a couple years like a couple years ago the chiefs want to go off for uh jayla ramsey it'd be nice he could have came but from what we heard he wanted to get paid so it's, it's stuff like that we keep running into but in the end it works out so i'm not well, how, i mean you got to look at it too dude i mean how many times has that happened to us man i mean you know you i've told you time and time again i've called you three or four days prior to a player that's actually showed up you know and 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 it all ended up boiling down to i you know i don't when a player doesn't care about the end result of their career other than just an extra few million dollars of, uh, over the fact of what they've already made, you know, the, whether it be a hundred million or hundred and fifty million or eighty million, I mean, that to me is like, eh, this guy doesn't really care about what he does. He cares more about the cash, and that's really about it. And to some degree, I can almost understand it if you're a player that made league minimum your whole career. Then I can say, okay. That's well, the issue cool. is I, the players don't get fully guaranteed money. I feel like that's mostly, most likely the problem as well. Well, yeah. If I mean, you had fully guaranteed money, maybe certain things could work differently. But then the NFL would cut you at a moment's notice without care in the world. And we've seen it time and time again. Well, how many times? I mean, and honestly, I mean, that's impossible to do. You could, No team would ever survive if they gave every player fully guaranteed money or even... Baseball does it. Well, yeah, I know, but baseball... I know it's different. two different sports, but I mean, they yeah. do it. There's I'm a lot less... The, the, the NFL, I'm pretty sure, makes more money than baseball. They could work a way around and figure something out, but... it had to be some very short-term be... contracts to be fully guaranteed, just because of the injury factor. True. I mean, That's baseball, true. you don't have that injury factor. All I'm, all I'm saying is that the players are the ones out there bumping bond bodies and grinding and breaking bones... I just feel like they should be compensated more in certain aspects and not be cast aside when once their career is over. Well, and I think that's, you know, part of why, they, you know, they when they did change the CBAs and, you know, brought in, you know, with changing in the you know, grandfathering it, or they should have grandfathered in some of the players like a Willie Rofe, you know, which is a great guy. We, you know, a friend of the shows and I've known him for a very long time. He deserves to be grandfathered into the health care of, what they've done with these newer players, you know, you know how they did with the CBAs, you know, with the uh, with the new healthcare agreement, and when you're considered a vet, and when your healthcare kicks in, and how long it lasts, and all that stuff. That's the kind of thing that I think they should have grandfathered in to some of these players that have really, you know, a lot of these guys from the '90s and 2000s are the ones that are suffering the most, 
And those guys, you know, they didn't make the money that these players make today. And they're the ones that are hurting the most. They, you know, because they didn't have the rules that we have now. So, you know, Willie's had so many knee surgeries. I don't, I couldn't count them all. And he's in pain every day. So, yes, it's a career path that he chose. And he chose to play as long as he did. But that's the passion that Willie has. That's the difference. He has the passion for the game. And I think he would have played longer if he didn't have the injuries that he sustained playing as hard as he did. And that's why he's wearing that jacket. Because Willie, you know, you don't got a ton of offensive linemen in in the Hall of Fame. We have actually two that I know of, maybe more, but two recent Hall of Fame um, or relatively relatively least recent Hall of Fame offensive guys with Will and Willie. Mm. And, you know, both of those guys were studs. Now, of course, Will didn't have as many injuries. Willie put it all out on the line all the he time, did. man. I mean, he really, he worked his butt off and... Um, it's just, I think the NFL's trying to gradually get to that point where they're. Um, well, they're super slow. They are slower slow. than the government. They are slow. They're extremely slow. But they, I don't know about that, but they're, they're getting <laughs> close to being slow as the government. But, um, you know, it's just, I think it's going to take a little time and it's going to, you know, it, a little more time, I should say, but they'll eventually get to the point where they're going to be, these players are going to be compensated in a different way other than guaranteed contracts because mm-hmm. they just can't with the physicality of the game. Well, you but, need the money though, too, because you don't know what's going to, how they're going to be after they play football. I mean, well, we've seen that. I mean, you yeah. know, look what just happened with, um, his name slipped my mind, but I mean, went and killed his doctor and, and the wife and the grandkids and everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, from what I understand, I know he had some issues, but he basically blamed that doctor because he broke his ankle and had plates and screws put in. Mm. Well, I mean, if that's all you got left and that's all you can do is put plates and screws in your leg to keep you from oh, on both legs and walking. And he actually did play a year. I think it was he had one more season after that happened. Mm. He, now, of course, he didn't have any playtime, but he at least he was signed by somebody which I think it might have been the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I know he did play for the Raiders. I just can't remember if that was the last team he played for. Um, these guys need a support a support network. And in many ways, not just with... And money's a big factor, but not just with money, but they need support a support system in place to help them in every way. You know, whether it's the mentality part of it, you know, stepping away from the game, having something to do after the fact. Um, a lot of these guys go stir crazy. They have all this money and nothing to do. A lot of them don't become NFL analysts. A lot of them don't get TV commercials. A lot of mm-hmm. them don't get, you know, to get all these, to do all the things that other players get to do or other retired players get to do. So, I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it's, 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 it's hard to walk away from something you love like that and that's all you know. So they need to have something in place for these guys. And I think they're really trying to make some strides to get there. It's just taking them a long time to get to that point. And, of course, COVID didn't help with the, you know, oh, the no, situation. So. From, from just what I've seen is that they've there's been times they should have done something, but there just seems like, 
Um, it just to me it seems like they drag their feet a lot, and it's just like you got these people who really need help. They yeah. make you all that money, but you're not giving them the accurate resources to help them post football. Football, like you said, not everyone becomes an out, and and it's not everyone can become a coach. Some of the guys got to be get a regular old job. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah, I mean, look what Randall Cunningham did. He opened up a cabinet factory and was building mm-hmm. cabinets. And I watched the man drive around on a forklift. So, and load trucks. So there's a lot of things that people did after the fact to keep their mind occupied and to be, you know, Charles Woodson opened a winery and, you know, there's different things that um, players do and may have the aptitude and the um, ability to do, but then there's other players that can't and they need to have that support structure. And I think also, before we wrap this up, something that the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the NFL needs to do in general is they need to have every team needs to have someone on staff to help manage these players from start to finish. And they need to, whether it be an NFL, someone brought in by the NFL that's impartial, or whatever the case may be, they need someone to help these players manage not only their time, their money, keep their head on straight, Mm-hmm. and help them grow as a human being and as an adult. Because a lot of the things that go on in life with these players after the fact or after the game is over for them is because they didn't have that support group. They went in with nothing, they came out with everything, and they have absolutely no idea what to do with it next. And that's the problem. And they had nobody in between helping them mentally, you know, helping them grow as an adult. And it's hard for people that don't make millions of dollars a year to be able to save their money, you know, to be able to grow as a human being. So to grow as an adult. So, so you can just imagine somebody that just came out of a, a, a career that you're always in the limelight. Everything you do is recorded. You got people following you everywhere you go. Everything you do is under a microscope. And then when you get out of it, you're not under a microscope anymore. Nobody really cares who you are mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, on TV and you're constantly in front of the screen, you know, which I like, you know, some of them are really good at what they do. Some of them just want to be fame whores. There's a lot of different things, but uh, it all boils down to, they need the help and they need the support. And I think that's something the NFL really needs to implement. That's something they have to do, or they're going to have a lot more problems going down the line. I mean, Aaron Donald's got an issue right now. Well, it turns out he didn't do any. He didn't punch the guy. He was trying to defuse the fight, and the guy Is that apologized. What it meant yeah, the oh, guy apologized. Yeah. So. Well, good. I didn't see that part of it because no, you're good, man. Yeah, it I just came out today. I think. No, okay, good. good. Well, good. I'm seeing that's the kind of stuff. You know, when you're an NFL player, you're always going to be scrutinized, or you're always going. Somebody's always going to be trying to get into your pockets in one way or another. And right now, in the era of COVID, everybody and their brothers out to get in somebody's pocket. And if they can figure out a way of getting into a millionaire's pocket and somebody that's an easy target, like a football player or a baseball player or a basketball player, they're going to do it. That's just is what it is. People are looking for any scam they can work out right now. And you have your ambulance chaser lawyers out there and these people that just lawyers that are looking for paydays. So there's always a lawyer out there that's going to jump on the bandwagon, whether you're lying or not, to try and scam somebody out of something because they get 40% of whatever your, your, your take is. 
And that's just how it is. So these guys right now, they have to really be careful with everything they do. Um, and the NFL needs to help with that, you know, and it sucks to be trapped. You guys bitched and complained about a year of being on basically lockdown and not being able to do something, going out and wearing a mask and have to wash your hands. Imagine being an NFL player and you and, and no COVID, just take COVID out of the equation and you can't go outside. You can't go and do what you want to do because you're constantly being berated by somebody. Yeah, they have to get COVID tested every single day. I'm in college right now, and a lot of I know some of the athletes, and they tell me they have to get COVID tested literally once a week. Imagine if a player getting COVID tested every single day. Every single day. Every single day. And if you take COVID out of it and say COVID never happened, these guys are still under a microscope their entire careers. No matter what they do, somebody is looking for a reason to find something they did wrong. Whether they did something wrong or not, they're going to find something or they're going to fabricate something. We've seen that happen within our own organization to, to a degree with a couple of players. I mean, look what happened to Tyron the first year he signed with us. He got his contract. His own damn family member went after him on a lie. Look what happened to Tyreek. Same thing. <clears throat> so it's it's that stuff that you have to keep in mind when you're sitting here and you're slamming these players and saying they're worthless, they're pieces of shit, they're this, they're that, the other. You don't know anything about these players. They're human beings just like we are. Exactly. So, um, you know, everybody has a family and everybody has, uh, with families come issues. No matter what family you're in, there's there's always an issue. You always have that one, that two, maybe that three. You may have that third cousin that's going to try to rape you out of everything you've got. So, it just is what it is. And if you've got nothing, they're going to go to the person that does. So, you, the, my parting words on this is, you have people that are out there that have, that go into court over fifty grand that their grandmother left, that was in probate, and they want to split it up between nineteen people that were in the family. Can you imagine a football player that has eighty million, and his family members that, you know, want to live off of his paychecks, off of his sweat, off of his hard earnings? That's that's what happens. Friends that they never knew they had. I mean, I don't remember half the people that I mean I had people coming out of the woodwork and I wasn't even anybody. I was just a freaking you know, I was walking around in Omaha going, Well, who the hell are you? You know, I mean I don't remember these people. Guys from kindergarten coming up and say, Hey man, remember me? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. You know That's but, how it'd be. That's just yeah. how it is. So it's hard, you know. You guys got to have more compassion for people. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I listen. I watch all this stuff on Twitter, and it makes me sick to see some of the things that you people say to these players. And I'm not talking they about. They see it and they just, feel. They do. They ball out. They so, do. So what they say is irrelevant anyway, at this point. So. Yep. Yep. And I'm hoping all these players understand that and um, just move forward you know there's some you know there's been an unfortunate incident with the chiefs you know and we, of course it's been all over the freaking news and everybody's made you know it was unfortunate what happened it's a horrible situation with uh you know one guy said that reed should is, is going to step or should take accountability for his son um the Chiefs should take accountability because he worked for the Chiefs. they don't know where he got drunk at you know with Britt Reed and all this other stuff. Now they're trying to say that he was drunk. He got drunk at the stadium. There's some guy from some trash ass um, 
uh, news outlet that's posting this junk about you know the Chiefs need to take accountability for the the player because he was apparently they think he was at the, the stadium and he was at the practice facility and this. All and that, I'm gonna other. say is this: I hope I pray for that little girl because me too. It, me it's too. just really 100%. sad happened. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Do I think? And, and look, do I am not condoning anything that this man did. I know Nothing. that. And and that's not my point. It's a USA Today article, is what it is. Some guy named Dan Wolfkin or some shit. I don't know, but you know he thinks the Chiefs, the Chiefs should take Andy Reid should step down, um, take uh, responsibility for his son. You know his son's what? I don't know how old Britt is. I think he's like either between thirty six and forty years old. Okay, you can only take responsibility for so long. No one has said anything about where he was drunk at. No one knows where he was. Just because he was coming from the direction of, of the facility doesn't mean he was there. So I and I don't know if he admitted that he was there or not. I really don't know. But it is what it is. I mean, I feel really horrible for this little girl. And I hope and pray to God that she comes out of this. I mean, she doesn't deserve it. And... And that was a huge mistake on his part. And he's had some other infractions in the past that is not helping him. So let's just put our prayers out for that little girl and quit, you know, worrying about what the Chiefs need to do and not do and worry about that little girl because she's the one that's suffering the most out of all of this. And with that being said, I think we had to wrap this one up. What do you think? I think we're good to go, man. I think we're good. Yep. So, uh, with that being said, guys, we appreciate you listening, and um, we will have another show in the next week or so, and uh, we're trying to get this guest on. Hopefully, he can make it on this next week, and um, he's going to bring in some in- bring in some insight that uh, I think everybody will like, and then from that point on, we're going to start doing some uh, more shows, hopefully two a week. Draft week is going to be crazy for us. We're going to have a lot of fun on draft week. And then also uh, got a giveaway coming up. Want to put that out there? Um, I don't even know if I told you, but I got something that I want to give away to everybody through the mm-hmm. Chiefs Focus side, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to start that pretty soon. There is going to be a code word on the show. You're going to have to listen to the show through its entirety, and then you're going to have to DM the code word. There will be no public stuff. If you put it out on public, you are automatically disqualified. And we will not respond to you because we don't want everybody else knowing what the code word is. So with that being said, enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, stay safe out there, people. Yep. See you next time, Chiefs Kingdom. God bless out there. Peace out.